Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Good morning. My name is Graham Atkins and I'm part of Lighthouse Church in Jersey. And this teaching is a repeat of some teaching that uh, was given at the West Congregation of Lighthouse Church on Sunday the 16th of January 2022. And this is part of a series that we're going through at the moment which is called A Part and it's uh, a series put together by our senior leader Greg Donaldson and if you want to hear the first part and the other episodes of this teaching you'll find those on our website, on our church website as they uh, become released and we're currently up to this number two which is uh, called a part of the body or finding and developing your god-given gifts so let's get started what we're looking at today is this whole idea of the church being like a body in fact being christ's body on the earth and so we're looking at the idea of being members of a body um, as the members of your body, your arms and your legs and your eyes and your ears are indeed members of your body. And uh, so when we talk about being a member, as we quite often do, it's much more than uh, being a member of a club or an association, because we're really thinking of a much more um, intimate, connected, physical thing as the members of your body are joined together and so this is a quite a prominent theme in the new testament particularly uh, in the teaching of the apostle paul and so we find there are three fairly major passages in the new testament about what it means to be part of the body of christ and just as in the gospels we find we've got four different versions of the gospels by the uh, by Mark, Matthew, Luke and John. So in in this theme, we find there are three different versions. They all add something to this teaching about being part of the body. And we find them in Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and Ephesians chapter 4. And today we're looking particularly at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to look at what that chapter has to teach us. Okay, so um, we're looking at uh, what it means to be a member of the body of Christ. And first of all, we find if we read from verse four of this chapter, it says this. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. And I make it a rule when I'm reading the Bible that if I come across a word that's repeated, as as is here, then we need to take special note. And the word is varieties. And so we're talking about the varieties of gifts that are available to members of the body, body of Christ. And uh, there's a list here of some of those gifts. These are particularly what uh, are described as spiritual gifts in this chapter. Or uh, as it says in verse seven, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So we're particularly talking about gifts that uh, are to be used in church meetings and 
uh, other contexts like that where we where the Holy Spirit is active upon a Christian and causes them to exercise a spiritual gift. Now, uh, so we have things, uh, some of the gifts, if I just list some of them from the verses that follow, it, it talks about the word of wisdom through the spirit, the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. And it says to another, there is faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit, to another effecting of miracles, to another prophecy and so on, distinguishing of spirits and uh, various kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues. So we've got this list of spiritual gifts that are manifestations of the Holy Spirit. But the whole subject of the gifts that we have from God to help us function in the church is bigger than this. So if we were to look at the list in Romans, for instance, if we go back to Romans chapter 12, and uh, we're looking uh, verse six. It says, it says here, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. And the list here is very different. It starts off with prophecy, which is common to the other list. But then it's all different. It says uh, it says if service in serving or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And it's these are more practical gifts. And so they're not just for use in church meetings, I don't think. I think they're, they're more gifts that uh, would be applicable in, in our broader general life. And just to give you one example, the gift of mercy, as it talks about here. What is the gift of mercy? Well, I came across, uh, heard about a lady I'd not heard of before this week. As it happens, I was visiting uh, Heidi, uh, who runs our church office, and her parents were visiting from Zimbabwe. And they were telling me about a lady they know very well because they have been involved with her for many years who visits the Tonga people in Zimbabwe. And she went out to, to visit them many years ago when she was just in her 20s. And she is showing mercy. And she's learned to do all kinds of things to help them. She feeds them. She does teaching of their children. And she provides medical help. Uh, and I was particularly interested, being a dentist myself, to hear that she does dentistry even out in the african bush for these people and she when they need it she'll take out their teeth and relieve them from pain and suffering and she very clearly has a gift of showing mercy as is listed in here in romans chapter 12. And i only mention her her name is vicky graham actually I just uh i ought to mention that but i mention her because it just demonstrates an example of the variety of gifts that are available to us. And it, it, that's important because I wouldn't want anyone to run away with the idea that what we're saying is that we all need to be like Vicky Graham. We all need to leave our homes and go and work in the African bush and show mercy to the very uh, um, helpless and poor people that we come across or might come across in that situation because we can't all be like her. We don't all have her gifts, but we all have some gifts. We all have something to 
contribute. I love the story that Nicky Gumble tells in the Alpha course about a foreign au pair who's looking after English children. And she walks into the nursery one day and it's absolute chaos and everything is in a mess. And she wants to say, what on earth are you doing? But because English is not her first language, she gets the words slightly mixed up and she says, what are you doing on earth? And as Nikki Gamble says, this is actually quite a good question for all of us to ask ourselves. What are you doing on earth? What are you using? What gifts are you you using in your service of God and his church in your life on earth? And that's the question I want you to ask today as we go through this chapter. And we all need to be thinking about that. Are we doing what God has called us to do and what God has given us gifts to do? Because we all have different gifts. I would go as far as to say that each one of us is unique in our gifts. And so there's no one person who's exactly the same as another person. And we get that actually from Psalm 139, which is a beautiful psalm. Many will know very well. And I'll just read you a few verses from verse 13 of Psalm 139. It's the psalmist talking to God about how intimately God knows him, how intimately God is aware of his own um, nature and his own creation even. So it says uh, here, it says, for you formed me, you formed my inward parts, you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. I looked that uh, phrase up, unformed substance, and it's quite a unique word. It seems to only crop up once in Hebrew in the Old Testament, and it really means embryo. And so what's happening here is uh, that he's saying that, God, you saw me when I was just an embryo. I was just formed. And then it goes on to say, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me when as yet there was not one of them. And what's true here of this psalmist is true for each one of us, that when we were made by God, the beginning of our very being, God had already written in a book all the things that we would go on to do. And uh, that, that should help us, to give us confidence. It doesn't mean that we have to see whole life as a as a kind of um, treasure hunt where we're just trying to find what the, these hidden things that God has planned for us. But it does mean we can go forward with confidence that God has planned for us and plans for us. Um, it's the same idea as is uh, um, written in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, where Paul says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he has prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. And so there are works prepared for us and there are gifts that God has given us that will enable us to do those works. And so 
there are varieties of members of the body and we're all different, but we all have something to contribute. The second point is there is a unity of the members. Go back to our chapter and we look down to verse 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It says, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And I don't know if you noticed as I was reading those those two verses, 12 and 13, that the, the word one crops up five times, no less than five times. And so once again, we see there's a re-emphasis of something that's important. And the thing that's important is the body is one. There is integrity about the body. It's not dismembered. There are no limbs or parts amputated. Everything is joined together. And that's really important. The members of my body uh, only function properly uh, when they're all joined together. It's, a, it's an obvious thing to say, but if we dismember one part of the body, it becomes useless. My arm's no good on its own. It only works when it's joined to the rest of me. And that's true of every part of the body. And it's true of the body of Christ, which is why this unity is so important. So although there's variety, there is unity. And those things sometimes are difficult to bring together because variety means we're different. Variety means that we have different aspirations. We have different motivations to some people in, in, our, in our church. And, and yet God has called us to be together and not, as can happen, to isolate ourselves. And as I was preparing this here in Jersey, it occurred to me that we live on an island and that there's, there can be an island mentality to us, whereby we say, oh, yeah, we're a bit separate from from everyone else. Um, and we're a bit special, perhaps. Or, you know, we uh, yeah, we just want to keep ourselves to ourselves. And then even more than that, we can do that on an individual level. And it occurred to me that uh, if you go out to Elizabeth Castle, you can visit Hermitage Rock, a little hut there, that uh, the story has it that the first settler in Jersey, St. Helia, back in the 6th century, lived as a hermit in that little hut. And so he not only went to an island, he went to a rock on the edge of an island and lived there as a hermit, isolated from humanity, apparently. And maybe he got very close to God, but there's something that is not so good, I believe, about living like that. God hasn't called us to be hermits. He's not called us to live uh, in places like that on our own or to separate ourselves from everyone else. Let's resist that temptation to isolation. Um, one of my favourite poems is this one by John Donne when he said, no man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. 
if a clod be washed away by the sea, Europe is the less, as well as if a promontory were, as well as if a manor of thy friends or of thine own were. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind. And therefore, never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. Now, John Donne was apparently writing about humanity and that we can't just see ourselves as separate from that. But he eventually became um, an Anglican cleric. He, in fact, he became the dean of St. Paul's Cathedral. And I believe he was a man of faith. And so I'm sure he would have seen it also as an expression of the church, and, uh, as, a, as a truth that's relevant to the body of Christ. God hasn't called us to be islands, to be separate, to live in isolation. He's called us to be joined together. And just thinking about that, it, that doesn't mean that we all have to be best of friends with everyone in the church. We, can't, we couldn't possibly do that, actually. And uh, if you think about it, in reality, we can't do that in our, with our own bodies. And so my left foot doesn't have a very intimate relationship with my right ear. Certainly not now. Maybe when I was very young, I might have got them together. But on a day-to-day -day basis, they hardly meet. And there's hidden members of my body, like some of the internal organs, that I never get to see. And I will never get to see, unless someone takes an, a picture when I'm having an operation or something. So th the parts of the body, we're all joined together, but it doesn't mean we're intimately involved with everybody. But there are some parts that work together very closely. So the fingers of my left hand work together with my left thumb. And frequently they're very effective together. They can do things together that one finger could never do. That they can lift things that one finger could never lift. And then if I bring my other hand, my right hand, to into the into the into play as well, the two hands together can be even more effective. And so there are parts of the body that have to work together. Um, and there are other parts that don't have to work directly together, but they're all joined together. And and so we need to avoid the pride of going it alone. I think that's the point here. And there is a danger, there is a temptation. And I often think about that song that Frank Sinatra uh, made famous, My Way. I did it my way. And uh, it's quite a sad thing, really, to end your life with that tes testimony. Um, I would rather end my life with a testimony, I did it God's way. Because... God's way is not that we come to be served, but to serve. And uh, there is sadly, I think, a, a, a kind of thinking today in our society, and it gets into the church as well, which says that we're going to look for what benefits there are for me. It's a kind of consumerism. And we can bring it to our view of church. And I think I was guilty of that myself for some years. We spent uh, some years after we came to Jersey not being a part of a local church. And 
eventually it, we we came to realize that we needed not to look for a church that uh, would meet all our needs but for a church where we could play a part where a church where we could serve the body with the gifts that god had given us there's that famous story of the the pig and the chicken who had breakfast together and they they invited their friends to, to breakfast and the uh, the chicken contributed an egg contributed an egg to the eggs and bacon but the pig of course to contribute the bacon had to sacrifice his life and it's a great thing to make a contribution but it's a much bigger thing to sacrifice ourselves as it says in Romans 12 present your bodies as a living sacrifice which is your spiritual service of worship and so that's all on the theme of unity that uh, God has called us to that our gifts are not just for us, but they're for the common good, as it says in this chapter. And then finally, we can look at the value of being members of the body of Christ. And back in our chapter 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, verse 15 says this, If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. It is for this reason, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And so it's bringing to our attention this thought that uh, we can devalue our contribution. We can undervalue what God has given us. And uh, that happens sometimes when we look at uh, other people who are very effective, very gifted, and uh, we, we long perhaps to be like them and we say well, if only I could play the guitar like Bronwyn does and lead to worship as she does then I could really serve God or if only I could preach like Greg Donaldson then I then I would be able to really be fulfilled as a Christian but what it's saying here is no don't say that um, because you're not that gift because you don't have that gift because you're not that member doesn't disqualify you you're still a part of the body. You still have something important to contribute. And it's God who has designed how we fit in. As it says in verse 18, God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. Okay, so we can undervalue ourselves. The other thing is we can undervalue other people. We can devalue or undervalue the gifts of others. We can look down on those that we think are not really up to our, our standard or, or not really um, playing their part enough. Verse 17, I beg your pardon, verse 21 says this, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. And that can be a, something that... Uh, we're inclined to say we can look at others and say we don't really need that person's gift we don't really need her contribution it's not really significant but probably if we're doing that with there's something wrong in us and not in the other person because god has placed ev every part of the body together for the for the good of the whole so we need to value our own gifts we need to value each other's gifts. And uh, one example, perhaps, of that is that famous story of Martha and Mary 
who invited Jesus back to their home. And Martha was preparing the, the food and Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his teaching. And Martha got irritated. She got cross with her sister Mary because she said, why isn't she helping me? Why has she left me to do all the food preparation? And she's just sitting there. And she, she complained to Jesus about this. And Jesus' response is very interesting because you might think he, he would say, yes, yes, come on, Mary, go and, go and help your sister. It's not fair for her to do all the work. But he didn't say that. He said instead, uh, let her alone, for she has chosen the better part. And sometimes when we look at other people, we can criticise the way they're doing things because we think they're not playing their part properly as we would do. But perhaps God has a different perspective and we now need to get hold of his perspective. In this instance, Jesus was clearly saying that Mary had chosen a, a better path. Not that it wasn't important to get the food ready. I'm sure he didn't say that either. He didn't say, oh, forget all that food preparation. Just come and listen to my teaching. No, he didn't say that either. He just said, don't despise Mary's choice because I commend her for it. So we mustn't look down on the gifts, whether they're our own gifts or the gifts of other members of the body. We need to value our gifts. We need to value the other gifts. And then there's two more aspects to this, because we also need to value the leaders that God has given us, because they're gifts too. It says in this uh, in this chapter, verse 28, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, and so on. But it's there's an order at the beginning, isn't there? It says first apostles, second prophets. And that's very similar to what is um, said in Ephesians chapter 4, which we'll look at in a moment. But there's just one verse I want to focus on before that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 12 he says this but we request of you brethren that you appreciate those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work and what he's saying here is that we need to value the gifts of our leaders because the gifts of our leaders are what will bring us to completion to maturity and to um to complete completeness in the body of christ that god has intended and uh if we just go to the ephesians passage that i, I refer to ephesians chapter 4 this is a very similar thing here and you'll notice the uh, similarity with the verses that we've just read so in verse 11, it says, he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. And what he's talking about here is gifts. And it, and it turns out that the gifts are not just gifts that these people have. They are the gifts. So verse eight of this chapter says, when Jesus ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And uh, and then it goes on, as we've read, 
to say that he gave some as apostles, some as prophets. And so what he's saying is that the church needs these gifts as well. We, we need the gifts that we each bring, but we need the gifts of the leaders that God's given us because, uh, as it says in verse 12, these are for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. And so... We need to value the gifts that our leaders bring to us. And the final point is right there in that verse we've just read. We also need to value the head of the body. And actually, that's the most important, even though we've left it to last. That's the most important thing for all of us to do. So if we don't value the head, if we're like a headless body, we're going to be very, very ineffective. Uh, We really can't function at all. And that's why for each one of us as believers, it's so important, it's so vital that we have that connection with Jesus, who is our head, and that we respect him, that we value him above all things. And the body of Christ will only be mature, will only come to perfection as we stay connected with him. And... I'm going to close with uh, his own, Jesus' own words in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 15, where he's talking about, he's talking about himself as a vine, as a grapevine. And he starts off that chapter by saying, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. And the idea is that he is like a, a grapevine and that we are branches on that vine and that we have to stay connected to the vine. Uh, once a branch has been cut off from the vine, it's just going to wither and die. And so he says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. And then it's this little phrase at the end of, of verse 5 um, says this, For apart from me, you can do nothing. And so all these gifts that we've talked about today, all these spiritual gifts and practical gifts, and the list is, uh, is not complete because there are many more we haven't mentioned. But all of them, are subject to this truth apart from me you can do nothing and you might say well i'm not sure about that i think i can do quite a lot you know i can i can go about my life i can do my job i can exercise my my uh, um, self will and my my own direction i can make decisions but but the point is that what jesus is saying is that If you're not connected to the vine, if you're not doing all those things 
as under his authority, then actually they're nothing. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. And that's the question we should all ask, ask us, ourselves, I think. Not just what is my gift, but what is the gift that God has given me for the building up of the church? So that if I play my part, there will be fruit. There will be fruitfulness in my life and in others' lives as well. So, Lord, we pray that you will help us with these things and show us, Lord, how we can play our part in the body of Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.